This is Six Feet of Separation. I'm Joel Jackson in lockdown in New Orleans. And on the other line, as always, Andrew Levy. What's up, buddy? How you doing, Joel? Good to talk to you again. You too, my man. How how are things in the 17th Ward? Uh, Here in the 17th Ward, they're just about as quiet as they should be for uh, an average rainy Saturday. But when you consider that this rainy Saturday would have been, I believe, day three of French Quarter Festival... Um, then, then you kind of realize how the rainy day and the clouds are a little bit appropriate. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I love, I love it. I love weather in New Orleans. You know, I, I, it's, a, I, it's a great reason to stay inside, right? <laughs> I'm there with you. Uh, of course, nobody loves rain on a, on a festival though. So. That's true. Except I've had some really good muddy experiences at Jazz Fest. What about you? Okay. Yeah, no, no. But only when it rains hard enough. Super that you hard. You just don't give a fuck anymore. Like you, like you lose your shoes in the mud, mm-hmm. and you and you walk home barefooted with manure in between your toes, right? Yes. Yep. Um, those are good times, man. That we're gonna have, you know, a year from next weekend uh, for a sure. Year, a year from this coming weekend for well, sure. Let's hope we get just enough rain so the show goes on, but we still get to dance and you know, in our bare feet in the mud. You know, and I think that's an optimistic, optimistic outlook. I hope it is an optimistic uh, outlook, but you know, one that we're all counting on. Um, yeah, I, I don't, right. I don't want to get too far uh, ahead of our skis here, but I believe sure. we are free to tease a confirmed guest now. Indeed, uh, coming up on the podcast this Thursday, we're going to make an effort to post it on Thursday night. Thursday would have been the first day of Jazz Fest as it was originally planned. So uh, we're going to have Matt Goldman, Matty G, as we refer to him, from Indeed. Festival Productions. Fondly who, enough, we refer to him as Matty G, yes. Yep. Uh, and we're going to have him on to talk about generally what, what festivals are like. Um, he's going to talk about probably a little bit of the what went into the the decision making around cancellation, and and obviously Matt's just a good friend, so we're going to wrap with him, and and we'll all be wishing that we were there. Matt is one of uh, a, yeah. a, a reasonably large group of people who I would say is as much of a fest lover as we are, even though he's 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 someone who works there. And so, he got he got he got married at the festival. He did get married at the festival, and I'm looking forward to him retelling that story that, uh, that's for right. us on Thursday. That's right. Um, what else do we have for housekeeping before we get to our current guest? Um, yeah, we we touched a little bit about this, but the civil society is starting to fray around the edges with these yep. with these uh, protests that are going on and starting to expand. And that our glorious president is tweeting about. So uh, I know we'll talk about that later with our guest. But yep. um, you, know, you just sort of, it's eerie. It's a little creepy. And, and you're starting to wonder about how all that's going to play out. So that's been on my mind. What's been on your mind, Joel? Well, related to that, totally contextualized by that, is um, fashion for me. <laughs> this is gonna, that's weird, but here's why it's related. Um, 
going out at night here is really difficult. And uh, because of these safety concerns, because of these fraying edges that we're feeling, and I've been compelled to, uh, I live on right near the Jazz Fest Fairgrounds, the horse track, basically like, let's just call it Esplanade and Broad. <clears throat> and I've been going out and having like these porch hangouts with a friend. Yeah. Basically around Orleans and Broad. And that mm-hmm. South Broad stretch is a about, I feel like one of the most dangerous places in the world right now at night. And I don't think that's just anecdotally. I think like the data supporting that, you know, in terms it, of like crime. And I would assume that's not just during the lockdown. I mean, New Orleans, we're talking about frayed edges. New Orleans, right. New Orleans edges are frayed on a good day. That's true. Like I would never take this bike ride that I've been taking now at 9 p.m. I would never do it at 1 a.m. You know, just to, just because I'm playing the odds, right? Because I'm a risk-averse guy, you know? Um, I like the low risk. I like the high reward, all that stuff, right? Um, and so just to take that bike ride at 9.30 p.m. and then return home at 11.30 p.m. because I feel compelled to have a social engagement from 10 feet away on a porch um, with a friend, I decide to roll the dice, <laughs> You know, and but here's what I do though to try to increase my odds of not getting jacked, killed, or whatever. <clears throat> I dress like a crazy fucking person, dude. <laughs> like I try, I want, I want to be like the crazy white dude that people are afraid of. You know what I mean? So this like, is not like, an enormous stretch for anyone who knows Joel. It's really not. So like, if you see me right now, I'm wearing this like Power Rangers Ranger t-shirt. I'm still in the same clothes that I slept in last night. And it's three sizes too small. So my belly is hanging out. And then I wore a pink glittery scarf as well on a summer, you know, April evening. And I almost like, I actually packed a Mardi Gras wig just in case I felt like I needed it on the way home. Because <laughs> I felt like just the crazier, the better. You know what I mean? And, uh, and that's I, I wore my Saints like black and gold tracksuit last week for the mm-hmm. same ride. Um, so anyway, that's that's safety fashion is a thing now in COVID nineteen, buddy. In New Orleans is what I'm saying. Safety fashion, buddy. And I, I was basically dressed like a Spice Girl. Uh, <laughs> and I packed. Which Spice Girl are you? I don't know, but I, let me. I think you're you, trying to be scary, you Spice. T- you should tell me maybe because I packed in my bag. And here's the funny thing about COVID-19, too. I packed a face mask. I packed wipes. <laughs> I packed a sippy cup with black tea and vodka in it. Uh, so, so, you're go- so you're going for baby spice. That, that's what you're, you're, angling for for, you're angling for. You're angling for baby spice. Okay. And I had the Purell. And it's like when you show up to that, with that kind of care package, you know, um, well, I mean, that's for yourself or whatever. You know, the person can trust you that you're taking all the precautions. All you need say. are pigtails, man. You, if, if you had the pigtails, you could pull it off. I am I growing know. my hair. I'm growing my hair out during COVID-19. So maybe As are this many time people. next year. That's right. That's right. So anyway, <laughs> that's my... drinking uh, milk. <laughs> I do drink a copious amount of uh, almond milk, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, dude, that was my little bit of housekeeping. Um, what else right you on. got? Uh, I, I got a shout out I want to make, and I know you got a couple of shout outs that you want to make. Um, sure. But I'm going to start with, so Jazz Fest hangs heavy. I'm not going to stop talking about it, even though it's not on. Um, and there's this 
So our original central place in New Orleans is Oak Street Uptown near Snake and Jake's. That's where we all sort of had our introduction to this town. And there's a vendor at Jazz Fest called Jamila's. They are, I, I can never remember which one's food one and which one's food two, but they're over by, uh, they're across the pond from Acura and they do merguez sausages mm. and they do a lamb mm. tagine. And as it happens, Jamila's restaurant is right in our old neighborhood on Maple Street. And for 25 years, I've wanted to go there. And I didn't go there until last night. That is a silver lining, dude. COVID-19 silver lining alert. Totally. Uh, It was my first time stepping into Jamila's. And it is the definition, I mean, the dictionary definition of a family-run operation it's dad and mom and son in there, and they are jamming out some of the best food that I've had under this lockdown for sure. Nice. Keeping it together, open six days a week from five till nine. So uh, if anybody gets gets a chance, definitely check out Jamila's Mediterranean Cafe on Maple Street, uptown. Um, and for those of you in from out of town... Sorry, those of you out of town, you're just going to have to wait till Jazz Fest next year, unfortunately. But the rest of us will enjoy. What about you, Joel? You got any shout-outs? Well, you had one on your note that I wanted to shout-out, um, which is Hirsch. Yeah? Yep. He's like, as, we've, as I've said to you offline, Hirsch is the uh, Cousin Andy to It's a Good Life Babe. Uh, Hirsch is the Cousin Andy to... Of... Six feet of separation something. as you were to something like that. There's some connection. How'd you do on your SATs, Joel? Uh, <laughs> not great, unbelievably. <laughs> I, I, can, I, can roll, I can roll dice really well, but I, I'm not that smart. I'm just kidding. Ladies and gentlemen, that's another pinky moment. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Brought to you by uh, Mark Harmon, Dan Harmon. <laughs> Anyway, um, and then um, shout out to a few listeners, Jason Varnador, Sherry Hanna. Thank you guys for listening. All the people who are listening and reach out to us at the email address. Seriously, we're getting tired of begging for this, but I'm going to beg you. Everybody who's listening to this, stop right now. Drive your car into oncoming traffic. Pull over the side of the road. Whatever it is that you need to do and send an email to... Info at six, that's S-I-X, feet of separation dot show, not dot com, not dot org, yeah. dot show, and put a message in there like, we're alive and we're listening to your show, or I have a pulse, or I'm in a lockdown unit, and or something, something to let or us even, know that you're even, out there and even you're listening. Better yet, yeah, and even better yet, say, hey, here's something I want you guys to talk about on the show, and we will. And I, and, and as promised on a previous show, if you do that, the first person that emails and says, here's what I want you to talk about. I promise that when we can get to be one foot away from each other, when this thing is passed, I will hold your hand to that person. That's her promise. That's a, that's a gift. Like that's that's a beautiful promise. But just, I mean, to, to give you an idea of how serious we are about this, Hirsch, who we called out before, proposed early on that we get Rick Farman on the show to talk about how he's right. doing. And lo and behold, our last episode, we had Rick Farman on. So you ask, we do. We are that, the vessels yeah. for your curiosity as it relates to whatever might be on your mind. 
if it's thematic to the podcast. And podcasting, look, it's a limited medium. We, it's, it's even a step down from radio. I mean, it's great. I love podcasting. It's, it's a very democratic medium. But what it is for sure is a one-way medium. Even radio, you can have a call-in or a contest or something. Podcasting, right. basically, we're talking into our computers in the hopes that somebody's going to be checking us out later on. So what if we what if we had the first ever remote car wash for a podcast just to try and bring it back to radio? Andrew, to your point, you know what I mean. What if we like leaned into radio uh, stereotypes? That would be funny. I I, I think I, I don't know. I don't know where to go with that, man. I just don't know where to go. Listeners, email us and tell us what you think. If you yes. want us to do like radio, stupid radio promotions on the podcast, you want a car wash where we stay six feet away from your car, we'll do that. That's we right. We'll do that. And, and I Joel will, wear, will do it dressed up as Baby Spice. I'll wear a bikini, indeed. For That's safety. the commitment we're willing to make to you, our listeners. <laughs> That's great. Hey, Joel, maybe it's time so, to get to our guest. It is. Let's do it. All right. Well, we. Following, following your lead, my man. I'm trying to. Oh, uh, apparently our guest has to unmute themselves. So oh, I see. It AP, looks like if you're listening, uh, anyway, we'll start to we'll start to introduce. Um, there he is. Hey, you you with us? Unmuted, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be your new nickname, Unmuted AP. Unmuted, unmuted. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, dude? Um. Just most the most quiet night in a month. I'm, yeah. I'm alone in my home at the moment. Uh, uh, little Frederic just gone to bed. Uh, Rosa's up with a boyfriend. Um, Boris is in the bath. So I'm just in the living room, kicking it like you guys are. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're yeah. right. So this is a lot of innovation here with the with the visuals. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, with with one exception. Uh, you you can see us, but we can only see like a, a captured in time shot of you holding back your 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 mane. Okay, so I'm not live. You you are very much live. You're I'm seeing, Andrew. Oddly enough, I'm seeing AP uh, in real time. With me. Really? Yep. Yeah, hmm. but then Andy is Andy is our um, tech dude from out west, isn't he? I mean. Uh, now I got gotcha. you. Okay. Uh, I fixed it. I fixed it. What, what, what about that, Andrew? I've been wanting to talk because we never really clearly introduced you on the show the way we should have. And, and I guess me as well to some degree, but like, um, what, what's your deal, dude? <laughs> <laughs> wow, Joel, with, with an introduction like that. Um, I mean, okay, just, I'm sorry. Everyone knows you as the guy that goes to Jazz Fest every single year. Yes. And you're the type of guy that's so fucking I don't think I'm alone cool. there either. You're going to talk about rosemint tea. You're going to talk about the coffee with the cream or not. You're going to talk about Jazz Tent versus Lanyap Stage. You're going to talk about Herlin Riley versus Lonnie Smith, like the Wednesday night show to go to. And those are the great conversations. And that's all the conversations I've ever had with you in 25 years. I know nothing about you otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Snap. 
I, I can't so, believe that that's true, Joel. But uh, a, uh, that that puts Philip in a very advantageous position. Yeah. So, so what so Joel, just, Joel's basically saying is that I know a lot more about Andy than he does. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Your time. As it can should you, be. Can you, can you fill me in, Amsterdam, Philip? Jasper's on one top of the other. <laughs> I, I wouldn't dare to. We had some uh, pretty private conversations over the past two years. And, uh, well, I'd be very curious to see which parts of those you'll share to do, uh, with the general public. Sure. <laughs> so I think anyone oh, would have to do it himself. <laughs> <laughs> wow wow no pressure it, it, was this a coordinated ambush or did you guys just decide on this at the last minute? i wish i flunked the sats so yeah. like, oh know, wow just okay so it's revenge revenge that's fine <laughs> yeah no uh i have a whole other life outside of new orleans i uh well until wednesday i was an employee of the sony corporation uh, actually, I'm still technically an employee of the social, uh, Sony Corporation. I just don't have anything to do there. Um, I've been in technology for 25 years more. So I'm what's called a product manager. And mm-hmm. it's really somebody who is able to define what a product is going to be and can explain that both to marketing people and to engineers. I, I can I see, see I'm putting Joel to sleep already. No, you're uh, not. I'm just a laid back dude. You always think that. <laughs> It is equally laid back. I don't know. The tongue hanging out of the side of your mouth was a tip off. (laughs) No, I'm fascinated by that because uh, the person that's able to talk to engineers and marketing people is a really smart person because that's two different sets of languages. Uh, Based on my experience, you don't necessarily need to be smart. You just need to have a little bit of empathy and and be able to, to understand what both of those groups of people do, which is very different. Um. And so I started doing that for uh, a company called New Jersey Online in 1996. And then I went to, I moved out to California and I did it for Yahoo for five years. Mm -hmm. Um, Ran my own business, including uh, a media business with our former podcast guest, Lloyd. Right. And... Uh, the, the past 10 years, I've been mostly working in the video on demand space. So in the U.S. I had no you, idea. Jesus, that's if crazy. If you've ever seen the, the crackle, if you've ever heard of crackle. Yeah. Dude, uh, up yeah. until very recently, I was heavily involved in that. And for those of you in the U.K., if you're listening to this, I was pretty heavily involved in ITV Player and what later became ITV Hub for a few years there. Uh, and some other stuff in between. Oh, and I'm I'm restricted in what I can say about this. Of course. Those of you who have seen the absolutely not annoying Beachbody ads on television where they ask you to text strong to 303030, you know, the ones that aren't on every five minutes, those ones, I was involved in that for a couple of years too. So, okay. There have been ups and, ups and downs on this roller coaster. Is, is, is Crackle blowing up? I'm kind of hearing that that's blowing up. All video on demand services are blowing up, and especially the free ones. So mm-hmm. Crackle is a free video on demand service, but they're all blowing up because people have a lot of time. And what do Americans do when they have a lot of time? They sit on their candy ass and watch TV. What? Wait, 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 wait a second, brain. <laughs> are we in a lockdown, dude? What's going on? Are we fucking home? Yeah. Is that, what ta- is that what you're telling me? I'm, I, it's true. 
But fuck, because every day I wake up and I get in the hamster wheel and I'm like, what are we going to do today, brain? And you're like, <laughs> watch them on, on demand television. It's, it's like a new awakening for me every single day. I know, you know, it's, I think it, it's pretty telling that only once in 10 episodes of Crisis Diversions have we had a book called out. It was you, to be fair, <laughs> but only once. And it was a book that you were buying for a kid. That's true. <laughs> the, the, the Hawk and the Hummingbird, which arrived, I found out. Yes, yeah. I'm glad to hear that. But enough about me for now. We can fill in the, the gory details of, of my romantic or, or not so much life over, <laughs> over the rest of the podcast. I know That's I'm disappointing right. Philip right now. He's, he's sitting there with a shit-eating grin on his face waiting for me to <laughs> spill it all. Yeah. Um, Philip, why don't you tell our guests, the ones who are new to this podcast, uh, who you are and what you're all about? Mm, yeah, short version. Um, Philip Jaspers from uh, Amsterdam, Holland. Um, a transplant. Uh, so originally from Teal, little little town in Holland. Uh, been coming to uh, New Orleans since 1989. And, um, well, uh, when I was younger, once every three years because I didn't have the money. And then later I started coming more often. And I, I'm sort of famous or infamous as uh, the first registered uh, regular listener to um, It's a Good Life Babe from outside of New Orleans or outside of the USA, for sure. Most um, and so I confronted uh, Jeff uh, Duville, the late great Jeff Duville, mm-hmm. uh, we should say now, um, about four years ago. Um, and saying, well, be careful what you say because there are people listening in from abroad nowadays. And um, uh, just after he, he did a brilliant Jazz Fest show uh, on the Lanjapi stage. Uh, so, yeah, probably almost to the day four years ago. And then Joel was, um, uh, was fighting with some cable backstage. Uh, right. <laughs> so I met, met up with him. And uh, uh, so I was like very, very amazed and pleased to uh, finally meet the great Jeff and Joel. And they were, but they were in, in shock and awe, um, finding out someone was listening from, you know, outside their little uh, Oak Street hub. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and yeah. the great friendships sprouted from there. And uh, I've played host to quite a few of the guys from, uh, uh, guys and girls from your set in Amsterdam yes. because uh, people tra- tend to travel between New Orleans and uh, Amsterdam. It's a long and tedious journey, the, the, but it's worth the while. Yes, yeah. there's a, s- a small affinity there. Yep. <laughs> and um, and yeah, it's um, so I live here in Amsterdam. I got my um, um, uh, I'm uh, co-owner company that. Um, uh, does financial legal advice for people in the medical professions. So all our clients are really, really busy at the moment. So we are really busy. So it's strange to hear people saying they got loads of spare time because I haven't. Uh, it's either uh, busier than ever. Um, and we try our best to support our clients who are doing important shit. Um, so that's what I do for a living. And... Um, Divorced last year, have uh, three kids um, that are staying in and around the house. 
Um, there's another COVID-19 thing. So I, um, uh, the, my, my, my elder daughter, so I got two daughters, 13 and 19, and a son of 21, and they're all home most of the time. And then the boyfriend of my eldest daughter, Rosa, is here most of the time. And one or two of the good friends of my son, Boris, of 21, who are living by their, on their own uh, university students, stay here uh, quite a bit as well. So we have sort of an expanded uh, COVID uh, bubble. Um, and um, we're basically here with anywhere between three and seven people all the time. Uh, got a bit of a spacious house, so I had j just had some fitness uh, gear installed, and uh, we were redecorating the house, and uh, and it's been like a, a hub of activity. Um, and it's so weird because all all of my children are uh, like completely uh, almost shames me to say, but sort of enthusiastic about the possibilities <laughs> that this you know lockdown and strange times. Uh, strange period is giving them. Um, like so it's been, like like in a creative way, or yeah, redecorating their rooms, mm -hmm. uh, doing a lot of. We started out playing puzzles, uh, you know, making making puzzles, and we soon tired of a thousand pieces shit. So now I've got a nine thousand piece puzzle. Wow, it's a, it's a massive, it's a massive project. Um, we, um, we we rewatched the whole. Uh, Marvel multiverse for the first three weeks uh, at night, and now we're into the the Kevin Smith multiverse. <laughs> and um, uh, so, yeah, we we're you still hearing me? Yeah, I think your microphone's rubbing against your beard there. Okay. Mm. Oh, well, just all right. Yep. That's all. Let's hold a little bit like this. Better. Yeah, that's better. So we're. Uh, We've gone from the Marvel multiverse to the Kevin Smith multiverse. Um, oh, which Kevin Smith just, movie are you on? Uh, Dogma. Dogma. Oh, I love that. I, I'm a, I like that movie too. I like that movie yeah, a lot. We're going to watch it tomorrow morning, I, I believe. And uh, even the 13 year old is into it now. So, uh, yeah, so, it, so it's, it's been a yeah, sort of a hub of activity and creativity, and um, uh, which is really weird, but it's been like sort of a. A happy bubble, um, and that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you guys about, uh, like the vast differences and experiences that people are having. And I was would, would like to compare some notes uh, between Holland and uh, Amsterdam and New Orleans, and maybe. But I do see that people, uh, friends of mine, are behaving so. Uh, um, everybody's behaving so differently, and everybody is, um, you know, feeling. Um, energized or lethargic or they're reaching out or they're withdrawing or they are completely up and down all the time or they are very constant upbeat so i see like this whole um it's more or less that to me it seems like covid um enhances or uh sort of the 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 way people are feeling anyway or it's it sort intensifies of a, their mood it, it tends yeah it intensifies it or um uh, so where, where most people are if you look at it objectively in more or less the same circumstances they're uh the way they go about it and the way they feel about it and the way they behave themselves is completely uh there are vast differences 
would you would you guys say that um, in your group of friends you see the same uh, difference in behavior? I, I think it's it's sort of moving toward the center a little bit. So on on Thursday it was my father's birthday. And we encouraged a bunch of people to come over and hang out in our driveway and uh, have a six feet of party. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, there are some of those people who would have been on top of that on day one. And there are others of those people who I'm pretty sure only a couple of days ago decided that they thought that that, w- that was the kind of thing that was okay. Um, and in terms of how people conduct their lives, yeah, man, like... Um, my cousin still goes to the office every day. He's he's still uh, he, you know he's the only one who goes to his office every day, but he still goes to the office every day. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I totally get what you're talking about. And and in terms of intensifying your mood, I completely agree with that. I couldn't agree with that more. Um, it's like. <laughs> I, I have these deep pulls that Joel always chuckles about. This one's Bill Cosby. <laughs> so he's talking about meeting someone who's doing cocaine at a party, and he asked him why they liked it, and they said, because it intensifies your personality. And Bill Cosby said, yes, but what if you're an asshole? <laughs> so <laughs> so it's kind of like that. Um, on the sunny days, my mood tends to be better, and I think, you know, when I go outside and, and go for a walk and it's beautiful or it's early and it's quiet or whatever it is, then my mood is probably that much better than it would have been otherwise. Whereas a day like today where it rained overnight, it's a little bit gray. It's a little bit cool. There are puddles in the street. Um, I'm, I'm feeling that probably a little bit deeper than I would have otherwise too. So yeah, that's spot on. Yeah. I, um, I appreciate the weather almost exactly the way that I did before. Um, that hasn't changed. So like a day like today that Andrew just described, just adore it. You know, I, I mm. love watching storms roll in. And so I'm looking yeah. forward you know, until the point where the storm gets scary and threatening and cuts your power off right up to that point. I love me a storm. I love I'm coming watching off six years in LA, Joel. <laughs> oh, right. Exactly. So we're coming from different places. Yes, we are. But like, Because so, I'm not one of these FOMO people, the fear of missing out people. I don't feel like I have to go out every single night. I think both of you guys know this about me. I did for sure. I skip out on a lot of dinners mm-hmm. and a lot of shows and a lot of things because I like being by myself. And uh, I always have. And so when there's an opportunity to, when there's a real storm coming in and you can just have some intimacy with yourself or with a very small group of people, um, I like that. Um, but I we, also... We, we know how much yeah. you enjoy having intimacy with yourself, Joel. Exactly. jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah, good call. Um, and then, uh, the yeah, when it's beautiful, I mean, as you know, Andrew, and I'm letting you know, Ashton and Philip, we've, I've played disc golf like four times a week since this whole thing started, you know, and then go to the Bayou St. John for the sunset. And I feel like, kind of to your question, like how does it enhance or what do people, I feel like I'm almost uniquely wired to be at least emotionally healthy, if not financially, uh, clearly not financially, but like emotionally healthy during this time. And the one thing, however, though, that I've tried to keep a balance on, it's different 
that, that's COVID related instead of pre-COVID, I've always been a person that's there for my friends. I've always been a person that someone can talk to. It's like, I know you guys are wired that way too. But during COVID, I've felt like I need to um, be discretionary with my emotional tank so that I don't run out of said reserves about being able to be there for people. And I'm very cognizant about that every single day. So I sometimes don't take a few phone calls, but I might have taken it. And I prioritize the phone calls that I take based on what I think those people's needs might be. So if there's friends that are like really on the fringe or one of our mutual friends who was just in mental health lockup for seven days, I took his calls every time he called. Yeah, know, I hear he, that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I just, something that I uh, probably uh, find myself doing that's a little bit like that, where I uh, would normally have um, uh, have some sort of contact with maybe 200 people, you know, uh-huh. 70 people in the firm and then friends and, you know, fake friends and whatever. Uh-huh. And now I find that I uh, concentrate maybe on 30 people. Right. And intensify my talks with them, my relationships with them. Uh, right. uh, just a little bit more more depth and a bit, little bit less surface yep. and uh, so maybe going for that one big 9000 piece puzzle or we were talking about um, reading stuff and we all, all said well okay uh, in, in our uh, family which book would you like to reread mm-hmm. and um, so I'm now I, I had a stupid choice I'm now rereading uh, a, a 2800 page uh, trilogy but I just thought, well, okay, what was the book that I enjoyed most the past 15 years? Mm-hmm. And that's the one. Um, uh, Neil Stevenson, the, uh, the, the Baroque trilogy. And I just started rereading it. And then now page 700. And I'm enjoying it immensely. But you just take the time for it and just, yeah. you know, going, just deep diving. Just concentrating right. and deep diving. And I just feel like this is a time for, um, yeah, focus and uh, and depth. Um no, which is uh, yeah. You know what I'm learning. I mean, for for one part, I'm learning that during the non-COVID times, I become completely hostile to the telephone. I think a lot of people are in that boat. You know, because we have these other tools like texting and whatever. Um, so it was a little bit jarring to me when this happened and everybody started being locked down and all of a sudden everybody was FaceTiming me all the time. Like my phone started ringing for the first right. time in, in 10 years. But right. also, but also, it was people, I'm sure you have friends like this, I know I do, where they're, you don't have to talk to them for a couple of years, but you, you, you pick up the phone and you talk to them and it's like you never, you, not a moment had passed. And I've had a lot of those people who I don't get to talk to enough over time reach out to me. And that's just been spectacular. Um, not, not always a wonderful outcome. You know, one of my closest friends uh, from high school lost her brother-in-law. I found mm. out two days ago. Um, but, you know, it's real and the love is still there. And it, it's so easy to forget that that's there or to decide not to avail yourself of it. Um, sure. 
I think this is a, a real interesting time to to take stock of the people in your life and and feel good about reestablishing relationships that might have fallen by the wayside. And I mean, yeah. and that yeah, go ahead, AP. Now that um, if you go back to like telephone or the way we're now, you know, uh, video phoning, um, it it demands all of your attention. So you're 100% focused on that conversation for mm-hmm. 45 or 90 minutes or whatever. Whereas, I mean, especially you, Andy, I've seen you uh, keeping up like five or six separate <laughs> uh, WhatsApp threads at a time while drinking and watching a band and talking to people at the bar. Yeah, maybe which I is, need I mean, to reevaluate which is, which is, that. Which is, a, 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 I mean, it's a feat of, you know, it's... it's it, it, it's it's very versatile, and it, it says a lot about the size of your the size of your brain and your ability to compartmentalize. But I mean, it's <laughs> uh, you know, it's um, funny that that that's evolved over recent jazz fests, and it's it's getting back down to that. You know, the people who I on, the people who I only see once a year. Um, actually, I'm thinking of a different conversation. We didn't talk about that, but at jazz fest, there are people who I see and sometimes only know at jazz fest like i don't know them in any other context at all and thus like from the time a week before i get down here until about the six o'clock on the morning in the morning on the day after i've left it's a constant barrage of incoming and outgoing communication with people who i would love to see and that's a very recent development even as recently as five years ago the, the texts were so unreliable at Jazz Fest that that was impossible. And now, you know, you have to make a conscious decision to put your phone away and not worry about where anybody else is. You know, like maybe think about going back to meeting at three o'clock at the flagpole, which is what we used to do back in the day. Exactly, dude. I mean, that's what I felt like changed. I think this is also, it was just like a good pre-COVID and present COVID conversation as in and around Jazz Fest is, in the last year or two of Jazz Fest, I made a conscious effort to pocket my phone when I was out there, and I just didn't pull it out of my pocket. That was it. And some people were upset with me because they were like, where are you at? Why weren't you responding? It's like, well, I'm at Jazz Fest listening to music. You knew I was going to be out here listening to music. And by the time you try to catch up with me, if we're texting back and forth, then we're already gone to separate places anyway. So That's right. let's get back to that organic place where the reason that I had my first great memories with Cousin Andy here, as well as like Jaime, Bill Tom Scott, and so many of my favorite Jazz Fest people, is because we stumbled upon one another back in the day. Yep. And we had these organic moments, some moments where we cried because when Marsalis played a Love Supreme and it's an entirety, and I remember the people that I ran into without a phone sitting in that front row on the dirt, you know, yep. in front of the front row. And those are the moments that I was trying to get back to in the last couple of years of Jazz Fest. And it upset a couple of my friends. Even A4 mentioned Jaime, who I had those organic experiences with before. But what's interesting about COVID now, I think, and I'm curious what you guys think, <clears throat> is that not only did we stop calling each other for a long time, we definitely it became rude to leave voicemails. And now people are just leaving voicemails. Really? <laughs> you know I, mean? I yeah, still I'm don't leave voicemails. I, well, I don't I've listen had, to or leave them. 
I still have I have this thing with Jaime with not Jaime with uh, little little homie, our friend Ivan. Um, your uh, yeah, your microphone is rubbing again, but you know you're good. Thank you. Um, um, for the last three years, no one really knows this except me and Ivan. I leave him a three-minute voicemail of the week just for kicks, and it's just a rant, and it's between me and him. And he, that's so you, know, you Joel. It, and 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 it's just and I, I get up, I watch the clock, and I talk right up into two minutes and fifty-nine seconds. Um, and I'm starting to do that with other people now, and he feels like I'm cheating on him. <laughs> I kind of feel like we should just record it once for everybody, and then and and put it out on a medium like this. Probably, probably. Three His minutes of Joel dot show. His feelings were hurt when I uh, let him know that I've been uh, stepping out on him in the voicemail realm. You know, uh, he probably got over it. Yeah, I think I think he got over it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and another thing uh, about going slow is um, uh, we've talked from the previous show before about um, us being uh, us Dutch being avid uh, walkers. Um, yes, uh, walking everywhere, and um, so uh, I've got this like uh, sort of the eight-person household COVID bubble, and then there's sort of an intermediate bubble where some, where there are some people that I I will you know socialize with or walk with or whatever, but then with your five or six feet distance, and um, so what I've maybe once or twice a week at night I do a, a two-hour walk with someone. And in the weekends, I do a longer walk, uh, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. And like every Sunday, so tomorrow morning as well, uh, every Sunday I walk with Anne marie uh, our nice. great friend and next door neighbor. From three and, episodes uh, ago. From three Thank episodes you. ago, yep, yep. Um, and, um, and we've been um, increasing our uh, mileage every, uh, every Sunday. So uh, next, last Sunday was 30, 34Ks. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow morning we're going for the 40Ks. And uh, we've promised each other to, uh, 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 before COVID is over, we, we want the top 50Ks uh, so, on Sunday. So le- that, that leads me to a question, because it, as, as I've shared, I'm inspired by, by you and uh, the, the two of you. I've been going out on these walks too, and I'm not doing it to rub anybody's nose in it, but I... The length of the walk, but all the services are closed. So, for example, after hour four, if you need to take care of some urgent business, how do you like? Are things open there that you can do that? Uh, a, f- a few places are open for takeaway. So there's a big, big old restaurant in a village, and they have a thing outside, and you can order coffee and apple pie, and there might be uh, one toilet. So okay. um, so it's open, and you, you have to know your places. It's about maybe 5% of the establishments are open, a little bit more in Amsterdam. Uh, but if you know your places, um, yeah, you... Uh, and, and obviously, you're, uh, you're smart to uh, take some TP with you. Uh, oh, really? And maybe, uh, and maybe uh, you know, uh, get behind a tree if it's necessary. Uh, uh, we got a lot of countryside outside of Amsterdam. So you, um, so yeah, you can make do, um, but it's like, but the thing about th- these long walks with someone together again is that um, 
you know, walking is not a sport uh, per se. You just, it's a means of transportation. You're talking. So it's like mm -hmm. tomorrow we're going to have an eight hour long conversation. Exactly. About, about any old topic. Um, and we might check our, uh, check our phones every two hours or something to uh, when something important to come up, yeah. some, some crisis or whatever. But mostly you're just there and you're just right. uh, uh, looking in the same direction and you're slowly moving and you're watching the landscape change and you're, um, you're, um, it, it, there's a lot of um, anthropology about it because mm -hmm. people are moving around in, it's a very curious COVID dance, the way people... Mm. Uh, they make room yeah. for you, or they where you have um, um, uh, you have a small road next to a river, and there'll be pe people walking, there'll be people running, there'll be people biking normally with their children, and there'll be race bikers, and Correct. they all behave differently. And especially the forty-plus spandex crowd, the the <laughs> male race bikers, they I mean they have been uh, definitely find, found out now. They are they are in. Uh, uh, short-sighted, egotistical uh, bunch, and um, they're they're probably the most hated group of people now in the whole of Holland because they're still they're still going for their Strava uh, average uh, miles per hour sections and stuff like that, avoiding yeah. eye contact, still behaving like the road is theirs. But most of the people are just being very. You know, looking each other in the eye, greeting each other, uh, taking great care to keep their distance, to uh, acknowledge one another. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's also great to to watch the behavior and even to watch the behavior change from week to week to week, very slowly and, and day to day. Yeah, I and mean, day to day. So it's it's like these slow, sort of old-fashioned uh, uh, Flaubert, Zola type of. Um, it's it's sort of. 18th century excitement <laughs> you know I, it's all I, about I, I, I couldn't agree more <laughs> I mean Andrew I think you would agree like that's how it feels like when we're out at City Park taking those long strolls yeah it's so interesting to see and, and Philip there's this thing that uh, that I don't know if you're familiar with uh, in basketball called the weave and what you describe it's like an old it's the most traditional uh, thing did you play basketball did one of you guys play basketball by any chance I know what you're talking about so I, I've heard of it, and so, Scott, uh, the, so one of my one of my bubbles, bubble guys, mm -hmm. Scott, the boyfriend of uh, of Rosa, he's a pretty fanatical basketball player. Okay, so he, he's just he's just counting every hour till the Michael Jordan uh, documentary, documentary series is going to drop on, on tonight, Netflix. Yeah. So, yeah. so so yeah. is everybody, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, and then so the weave is just basically folks like what AP just described, which is the way you walk around one another, but in a sort of a graceful manner. You know, and I think that's what I'm feeling like on the streets. And I'm all, I'm always making sure to, because it's always been rude in New Orleans to cross the street if someone's approaching, and there's like a real like uh, classist racial uh, tension. Did we have you, a guest who came on and talked about how? I think it was Lloyd who who said something about how most people will put themselves at risk physically to not appear to be impolite to the others? That was during the Lloyd show, but I brought that up because there's a okay. lot of research that I've studied on that, and that was pre-COVID that, that I've been looking at. Because I'm, But what I do to not be... So when I cross the street, and I don't want like the person of color thinking that I'm avoiding that person because I think that person might be of criminal danger to me, 
I mean, I'm just, I mean, just these are the things that you think about because I live in a neighborhood that's, uh, I don't know, 70, 80% African American to Caucasian or whatever. And I feel very welcome and I love this neighborhood. There's a lot of crime in this neighborhood. And um, I guess my point is, and we've talked about the 30 foot flirt, but like with just like the young dude, like the young, the, the young black dude, we just, we, we peace out each other. And we both like, every time we, we get on our own, on our own sidewalks and peace out and nod and understand that we're diverting ourselves, not out of fear, not out of what we would normally think of as fear, but as not wanting to uh, spread coronavirus. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, it's just, these are just the weird little things day to day that you're talking about, uh, Philip, that, that, that just seem to change every single day. And I take immense pleasure in observing those every day, you know, when I, when I do go outside of the house. Yeah, so it does seem that a certain amount of civilization has crept back into our daily existence because That's of right. corona. That's right. Um, yes. Because it is nice to say hi to people, to look people in the eye, to correct. acknowledge. Oh, that's pretty normal space. down here, though. I mean, it, you're correct, but it's more now for sure. It's more yeah. Now. Yeah. I just think it's funny that London has a jogger problem and Amsterdam has a cycling problem. And New Orleans has a diabetes problem. So, yeah, still. Joke yeah. For the third time. <laughs> same, same harsh joke. Yeah. Um, but we do have a disc golfer problem. It's getting pretty crowded out there. Boy, you know, it's like, it's, it's getting a little nuts out there. Yeah, but, that's one of, one of the few gripes I've got with the way we are handling stuff here is that um, um, if a place gets, oh, well, we're trying to do like be laid back and be sort of informed and scientifically based in our approach to corona and it's more like right. uh, we're probably on the side of the scandinavian countries more or less somewhere in between sweden and denmark in the way we approach it you definitely have a more lax regime than the west uh, you know the the french and the spanish for sure uh, yeah but it's but more informed it's not like stay inside and you'll be safe it's about how do you spread the disease how right. do you not spread the disease what is right. safe what is not how do the uh, little droplets travel. Um, it's about, you know, uh, because six feet isn't nearly enough if you're behind someone who's racing their bike or running right. and is, uh, you know, uh, sweating profusely. Yep. You need to have like 18 feet. Mm -hmm. and, you know, the wind, in, uh, sure. wind is important. And if you, if you are in a closed space with somebody, keep your mouth shut. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, because it isn't like Wi-Fi signal. It doesn't mm -hmm. travel six feet whatsoever. You can pass within a feet if you keep your to yourself and your mouth shut. Word. So anyway, carry on. Okay. So I was talking about what I don't like about the way uh, we uh, the government handles stuff now in, in Amsterdam is like in, in Holland is that when a place gets too crowded, they shut it down. So they'll shut down parks or they'll shut down sporting facilities or whatever. And then it is uh, it is a very crowded city. So uh, if you shut down a lot of the public space. Um, Any time you do that, there's less space that remains. Oh, he's out again. You're not right. here. Oh, I thought, now you get and relief left on the bottom of my screen. Well, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I just um, feel that uh, shutting down public spaces isn't the way 
to um, go about it. Just keep on informing people, keep on uh, telling people what's the safe way to do stuff, what's the unsafe way to do stuff, and just have them, but keep them, um, as far as I'm concerned, keep people outside, keep people moving, keep people healthy. Um, it's a tricky balance, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. It sure is. It sure is. Uh, but we do get more and more uh, scientists in the public realm who are saying, let's, let's take care of long-term stuff as well. So let's, um, uh, let's keep people eating healthy food. Let's keep them outside. Let's keep them moving. Because if you, you, know, if you concentrate, concentrate everything on corona health-wise for four or five months, then people forget about such everything a, else. Such a backlog of everything. Mm. And then at the end of the year, uh, probably more people will have died from, uh, uh, from being obese or from smoking too much than from COVID. Stroke, uh, stroking out. Yeah, yeah. Time. And we're post- postponing yeah. lots and lots of uh, operations as, as, as are right. you. And, and, uh, and also we're postponing, uh, we're postponing mental health uh, yeah. availability for people. Yeah. Yep. And so, and, and so a lot of the kids, um, if you shut down more and more sports facilities, you know, all the basketball courts in Amsterdam have been shut down because groups of people were gathering there. Uh, but they're traditionally the places where a lot of the young kids uh, who are, you know, from poor families and maybe don't have such a nice home environment. Maybe there's a dad who's violent or whatever, um, so where, where, where they tend to go. And, um, and so they're like cooped up now in their little apartments with six or seven people. Um, so yeah, I think we, you know, have to go to a little bit of a, more of a balance there. Uh, we might reopen some schools in a week or two weeks' time. Uh, some of the countries mm-hmm. are now reopening schools. Denmark is for everybody yeah. until 15. So uh, there's a little bit of that going on now. And uh, I'm hoping we can maybe get the primary schools open next week. Um, so that that'll be, I, I think, a good move. Um, would your youngest would issues. your youngest go? I I don't know how school breaks down in in the Netherlands. Would your youngest go back to school if the primary schools opened? Uh, yeah, she's in secondary. She's thirteen. She's okay. in second grade. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, they'd probably do something with more spread out uh, classes, maybe an early class and a late class. Mm-hmm. And then maybe 15 uh, students class instead of 30. But yeah, then she'd go. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I think she's a... She, she'll behave. She, she knows how to behave to be uh, safe and to not uh, uh, carry, it, carry it around. Sure. Um, so yeah, I trust her to do that outside as well as inside. Um, but yeah, that, that's one, one of the few things. And um, it's just... It's, 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 Amsterdam is a very densely populated city. So mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have gardens, don't have an outside place. So you have to go outside to have any sort of, you know, fresh air or, uh, uh, I mean, where in New Orleans most of the people have a plot. Um, maybe 20% of people in Amsterdam have a back garden. Yeah. Mm. So there's literally no outside for right. whole blocks and blocks of apartments. And we're kind of that way too with our, you know, with our shotgun culture here, you know, um, and you're right. There are lots of families that are piling into small homes. Um, you know, the basketball court across from where we used to do the podcast on Lapyrus was very, very, very busy. It was one of the last things that kind of got shut down even after the, the, the quote unquote lockdown. 
and yep. the mandatory yep. stay at home. It took the city a while to catch up to, you know, locking those parks down. Um, and I do feel for those kids and, and I, and I'm, you know, wondering what, how they're getting that energy out, but it clearly was unsafe watching 75 kids play basketball and sweat on each other and then go home to their grandmas. You know well, I mean, I mean think, think about it in, in a city like Madrid, you know, kids are not allowed outside at all. There are no circumstances. Under right? and there's starting to be a backlash about this there. Uh, you know, I, I have found it interesting having, um, friends in Spain and in France and in the UK and in the Netherlands to see those differences. And, and um, interestingly enough, the UK and the Netherlands <laughs> kind of wound up at the same place, but from totally different methodologies. Like yep. one, one totally by accident and the other totally planned. Um, but in, in France, you know, uh, my, my goddaughter um, lives with her mom and her brother, and the kids have not left the apartment in a month and a half. Wow. And it is not a big apartment. And I know that me at that age, they're five and one and a half, me at that age, I would have been bouncing off the walls. Seriously, God help me, my parents would have killed me. Yeah. Yeah, and if you look at the uh, contam contamination uh, stats and the deaths and what have you, then, I mean, Italy, France, Spain, Portugal, even Luxembourg and Belgium are the worst affected countries uh, in Europe. Yeah. Um, so for the past six weeks, they've been in a sort of complete, complete lockdown, uh, very top-down, uh, very much enforced. And um, it hasn't made any difference to the more measured approach that Germany, England, Holland, and Scandinavia are uh, uh, are having, and um, I, you also just feel that like they're countries with less of a you know democratic history. It's just it's been it's, <laughs> there. There's much more uh, a much more history of dictatorship there and of you know, top-down management, and uh, and you just feel when there's a big crisis, there are reflexes that the strong man at the top says. Okay, let, let's put some boots in the street, and let's enforce uh, some strict laws. And the, you know, the worst thing that could happen is that people think I'm lax or a pussy. So I'm going to show what I'm made of. Oh right. And, yeah, and I think that um, you know, if you if you clamp down so strictly, um, you'll have people are going to flip. And right. yeah, you'll, you'll have all sorts of underground parties. That's and right. If you if you think about a city like Paris or Madrid, Paris, the Bonnios, you know the the the, the yeah. oh yeah, the big flats outside of the city. Okay, mm -hmm. so you you get police there and you control that no people are moving outside. Yeah, the big apartment blocks they house six hundred people, seven hundred mm -hmm. people. So who's controlling what happens inside these blocks? The police never go there at the best of times. Nope. So anything could go on there. Um, so if you don't take you know, like your population with you and you, you don't explain what is dangerous, what is not, but it's just sort of a top-down thing, well, you're not allowed anything. And if we catch you, you know, you're toast. Um, so totally. then people will just say, well, okay, as long as I don't get caught, I can do what I want to. And um, so I just... Uh, and so it is a very challenging time for the European Union because there's, again, this north-south divide. Um, and it's also about uh, aid, 
about uh, you know uh, uh, billions and billions of um, uh, uh, emergency funds that Italy and France want uh, to be liberally sprinkled, and the North is saying, especially the Dutch are saying, well, first get your you know your financial reforms in order. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a very challenging time for the European Union on many on many accounts. Mm. Yep, and you're seeing you're seeing a totally different you know reflex gut reaction to to a crisis yeah there is not one european union it's it's very uh, very divided that's fascinating and do you think that's a ultimately like imagining post a post covid world that that will be uh, something that's positive perhaps or not or neutral or who knows i don't know i mean Easy to be wise in hindsight. Um, sure. We, I, I think the North will have to be, especially the Dutch and the Germans, will have to get a little bit more empathy uh, mm. for the South because they, I mean, the way they live together in Italy, multi-generational, uh, you know, maybe the, the, the kids and the parents and the grandparents live in That's one right. apartment and they have been living for 60, 70, 80 years there. And so that's purely circumstantial they well, can't do to, anything to, about to, it to, to be fair Philip they haven't settled that between Milan and Napoli yet so no, I, I don't I don't have a great hope that it's going to be well it, no, we, one, yeah, one can, hope. Think, one can we, hope we have to be a little bit more embracing uh, of, of the south now and um, but the differences are they're, 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 they're big now I've got one sort of semi-personal story to um, that I've heard uh, last few days so um, I, I've been going skiing for 25 years in this little village in the northwest of Italy in Piemonte it's a village called Sao Zedou and we always go to this uh, mountain refuge called Ciao Pais, Hello Farmer and it's it's on a, on a slope 2000 meters high and it's run by a family um, so the mother, the son and all the brothers of the mother and, uh, and we've been going there for 20 years and um, the son, uh, even uh, Mirko, came to me, Mirko Bertel, he came with us to New Orleans three years ago. You might, I think Joel even met him, Andy met him, I think. Uh, Mirko was there with his girlfriend, and they stayed in our apartment, yeah. um, Mirko Bertel. And so this family is there, and they, they were in lockdown from end of February. And um, one of the brothers of the mother, uh, he uh, got sick with COVID and uh, was in intensive care for more than a month. Uh, and they, they, there's a typical family where everybody between 80 and 20 lives in the same house because they're, mm-hmm. and they're in the hotel business. So they, they mm-hmm. cook and they live together. Just, just one big, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, traditional Italian family, very together, very much involved in their lives. But they've been in complete lockdown for, for, for six weeks now. And so Bruno, the one brother, he, um, he got ill. He was in intensive care because he, was, um, uh, because he had COVID. All the rest were in, uh, quarantined in their own house, but they're not, like, they're not touching each other or being next to each other. Right. And Bruno passed away two days ago. Um, and uh, so yeah I've known the guy for 20 years that's the most personal or up close death that I've had from Corona Uh, just just the sweetest sweetest guy and he passed away and 
he passed away in the hospital, and the whole family is in their house on the mountain. And they couldn't go to see him. They couldn't go to see him, but they're not seeing each other. Well, they're seeing each other from a distance, but they're not touching each other. So Mirko right. hasn't even... They can't even his, hug each other. They can't, they hug, can't e- even hug each other. No. And there's no funeral or whatsoever. Oh God, they have just been... They, they, they will be sent the ashes in a few days' time. And there's just nothing, nothing there. They're just, everybody is in their own room, this family that's, you know, it's always so together, like all year. So, um, so, so yeah, so that's... Yeah. <laughs> take a beat, Joel, you're right. I'm good. It may be a good moment to take a beat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe this is a good time to, to segue into the lighter side. That, I think um, I think I think so. I think, think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So sorry as about, you know, sorry about that, Joel. No, no, dude, that was a beautiful story. I'm, so, Philip. I'm I, sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. No, and I just I just anyway. want to shout out to Bruno and to the whole uh, to the whole better family to Mirko and Juicy. Um, yeah, I mean What's we have a lot of wait. Look, we have. There's no need. Re- re- there's no reason to apologize because you were just speaking about empathy, and empathy is a great thing to have. And I feel your loss. And if I need to cry about it for a couple seconds, that's okay. Yeah. It makes me feel better to cry about it. Damn straight. What's what's yep. the name? What's the name of the the refugio mm-hmm. again? What's it called? Chao Pais. Chao Pais. Yeah. And if times get better, it's one of the best places in Europe to ski and eat incredible Italian food and drink brilliant wine. So it's, uh, they lost, they I've lost been to Sozdol. I'm a big fan of that place. I was there for the 2006 Olympics, and I oh, may wow. have eaten there. If, if it's the place that takes you up in a snowmobile. Yep. Yeah, yep. I, I ate there. Place. Yep. Do they, uh, do they allow uh, snowboarding as well as skiers? Yeah, yeah, no? yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm there. Yeah, we, we they, they, so we, we sort of like secretly make fun of snowboarders, and we. That's fine. You can you know, be like, you only have to they, secretly do it. You yeah, they're second, rate, they're second rate citizens, but they're, they're allowed on the premises. We flunk SATs, but we're, yeah, we don't, we don't snow, we don't go downhill the way. way. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> we wear board shorts. Ridiculous or stupid. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> crisis diversion, Andrew. What you got, buddy? Yeah, light of sight. Yes. No, oh, we're, go- we're going to my crisis diversion. Okay, so uh, it's up to you, buddy. We can start with AP or yeah. Let's or let's let AP go. Let's let AP okay. go. What with lighter stuff? Mm-hmm. Oh, with like with, your- with your crisis diversion. So we we have this segment in every podcast okay. where where we ask our our guests to tell us what specific their thing they're doing to divert themselves during a lockdown. Okay. So, well, I've already, um, puzzles, told, uh, puzzles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like this is, this is a, a 9,000 piece puzzle. It's a, a map of the world as, um, somebody from Amsterdam thought it, the, the, the world looked in 1610. Wow. So there were lots of, you know, horrible sea creatures in, in, in old seas and, uh, uh, Latin stuff, and it's uh, it's two and a half meters by one sixty. So we, we have just finished uh, the edge. Do you have in a photo you can send us of it in about a week time? Oh yeah, I can walk you out. Okay. I, I, 
to work not you now, out. But not now, but like later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. When we're a little bit more finished than that. Amazing. And then the other main project that I was saying was like I'm, I'm rereading The Baroque Cycle by Stevenson, 2008 pages uh, nice. of, of Newton and Leibniz and uh, uh, Louis XIV and sort of a, a mixture between a historical novel and a fantasy novel and a scientific novel. So it just it blows you away, and it's funny, and it's it, it's really um, it's a diversion. It's really it's it's sort of escapism of the highest order. So um, and, and I just read a part where um, that takes place in 1665 in London uh, during the Great Plague. So you you got the big you know bubonic plague, right. and then the Great Fire of London just after wow. each other. So I was during the early days of COVID, I was reading oh. about the you know the the plague. In London and the way people behaved then, and that, that was really so sure. f- funny and informative, or what have you. Just so, if you want to escape from COVID, just read about worst plagues in history. <laughs> well, and I and I've been saying too, just related uh, that read all the letters that your favorite literary people wrote during previous plagues, and I'm, yeah. I'm going to shout that out whenever it comes yeah. up. But yeah, it's a good time because that yeah. creativity that comes out of that time is really important for us to remember. Yep. You know. Yep. And I got an um, um, so um, we, we, my 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 son and his friends do uh, weightlifting, pumping iron, and I've just started a little bit with them, and uh, with strange combination because I bought some records uh, when I was over uh, last over in New Orleans. And so well, surely not, were, Philip. Um, and, and I took him down to um, so I took him down to the weightlifting room. So now uh, we were. Um, we were pumping iron on, <laughs> on Here My Dear by Marvin Gaye, which oh. must be like <laughs> one of the strangest combinations ever. Oh, that is the strangest I've ever heard, dude. That is not pumping <laughs> iron music. I love that's it. not that's the kind good. of exercise that you associate with Here My Dear. No, no, no. no. Yeah, Completely that's more of like that's more like sexual ab work. <laughs> I don't know. That's more. As, but I, as, mean, I mean, as referenced in Marvin Gaye's famous single, Sexual Ab Work. Yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> it's a deep yep. cut. It's a deep cut. It's, 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 a, B, it's a B side. It's a favorite of mine. And then again, here, my dear, makes me think about Andrew. I mean, oh, good. I just had a bit of a divorce uh, last year, and he's gone through a little bit of one. So, um, yeah. Yep. So, so some of the lyrics. Uh, yeah. Good. Yeah. So, so that's, that's, that's my diversions. Good. What do you got? What do you got, Joel? Well, I always come prepared with a couple of things, but then my guest, our guest, makes me think of something else during the show. That's what happened yesterday with Rick Farman, and it's happening again now. So I'm going to save what I had queued up. What? And I'm going to say, well, okay, I can. But let me just start with the two things inspired by by Philip here. Okay. Long long books. Uh, Thomas Pynchon's Gravity's Rainbow. Oh, yeah. uh, David Foster Wallace's Infinite Jest. By far Very, my favorite book of all time, Infinite Jest, man. Wait, is it? Oh, by far. You and I have never talked about that. And it's, it's no, because you don't know me at all, Joel. You never ask, you I only know. ask about music. I only, I only know what you like to eat at Jazz Fest. That's all I know. I know if you like the crawfish strudel versus the crawfish bread. Which is it? Which is it, Joel? Crawfish strudel or bread? Bread. Nope. Wrong. Strudel. Dude, we cannot we we, we could not go on the newlywed game. We're no, we can't. 
uh, even a jazz festival. Um, but so, yeah. Uh, what did you think about that movie, by the way, that they made based on the book before I get on to my next thing? They made a movie based on Infinite Jest? They made a movie about David Foster Wallace being interviewed by the Rolling Stone. Yeah, uh, and, the, that, and the book is better. The book oh, is of better. Course. Yeah. But so, dude, it's, but the movie's so, worth watching, I think. I met David Foster Wallace. So yeah, I got, I, no, I got into Infinite Jest. I was out, it was my first like, trip, no. my first ever trip to San Francisco um, in 1996, I want to say, before I moved there. And I went out to see my buddy Dave, who's, uh, who's, who lives in L.A. now. And he told me about this book that was coming out. We got to get it. We got to read it. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, but it just so happened that while I was there, David Foster Wallace was doing a reading at um, a bookstore called, I think, A Quiet, Well-Lit Place to, to Read Books or something like that, okay. something San Francisco-y like that. And we get there, and we're hanging out, and there's this guy out front smoking a cigarette, and we just get to talking. And then we go out, uh, then we go in, and we realize, oh, shit, that was David Foster Wallace, who we were just talking to. Um, no, for for real, he was just hanging out, literally sitting on the ground outside the bookstore, waiting for it to open. So that's amazing. Uh, I, I read Infinite Jest once. I read it again immediately after, and I haven't touched it since that. So twenty twenty five years ago, but I love that book, man. I, it's a yeah, highly too. If, if you got time on your hands. It took me 30 days to get through it the first time, just like on a regular schedule of reading it while I was commuting into work. Yeah, it's not, it's not a short book. It's not a short book. Um, but now, I mean, you could get through that shit in a week. And a couple of, well, during this one storm, if you guys are hearing this thunder and lightning, that's, well, you can't hear the lightning, but the thunder. Um, and then what I had chambered real quick is Peter Sellers. And I know that like the Pink Panther, do- oh my gosh, we're, we're seeing Infinite Jest on Philip's bookshelf right now. Awesome. Yep. Amazing. Uh, well, well read. Uh, such a beautiful bookshelf, by the way. Jeez, Louise. Uh, um, beautiful house. So Peter Sellers, people remember him for the Pink Panther. I know that those movies have issues in terms of holding up and terms of like just cultural appropriate or whatever. I think immediately um, of um, oh god, the Kubrick movie with. Oof. Well, that's what I was going to say. Doctor Strangelove. Yes, is thanks, Strangelove. Sorry. Yeah, is and the other is the party. So those are the two oh, that I recommend. Yeah, uh, the party and Doctor Strangelove are just fucking hysterical classics. Really quickly, the the party is like an homage to silent films, made like in 1968. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Mel Edwards, maybe, that did it, and it's just so silently funny. It's such gag sight humor. It's so beautiful. Um, and then Dr. Strangelove is completely different, <laughs> clearly, because it's Kubrick. And the kind of comic absurdity that's happening in Dr. Strangelove feels too close to home right now <laughs> in terms of the, our presidential leadership in the U.S. I know we've been talking about Europe a bit. Yeah. But it feels so too close to home. You know, it's like, wow, how is this absurdity becoming reality? You know? Anyway. Peter Sellers. 
with with every successive administration, we veer closer toward the absurd. That's true. So yeah. And then what you got, buddy? So for me, a, a, a decidedly more lowbrow answer than than y'all have, but uh, season six of Amazon show Bosch dropped today. Okay. So okay. Bosch is um, based on a, a series of novels about Detective uh, Shocker Hieronymus Bosch in Los Angeles. So I got into this because I was living in L.A. and around the corner from where... So in, in, in the, the books, the detective solves a crime and, and sells, sells the movie rights. And with the movie yeah. rights, he buys this crazy house in the Hollywood Hills that's all his, no mortgage, completely his, that a cop could never afford. Anyway, so Bosch season six dropped today. I'm going to check it out. I highly recommend it to anyone. It's, it's a pretty smart show. It's, a, it's um, you know, 10 episodes. You can get through it in a day or two. One rainy day should be plenty. Um, well, if, so. if I may recommend, Andrew, plug in all your laptops and devices that you watch uh, Amazon on because this storm is coming, dude, and our electricity may very well be going out very soon. Yeah, I, I hear it right here, and I'm sure our listeners can hear it too because they can pick it up over my mic. But I think with that in mind, Joel, it might be the right time to say uh, sayonara. Close this down. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. This was a fun one. Oh, I had one more crisis diversion. A surprise. Sorry. Because it's a sweet sentimental thing that I want to tell you, Andrew. Oh, boy. <laughs> I like, and I, also, mm. I always like to have one surprise for Andrew on this show. Clearly, but this one. Um, this podcast that we've embarked upon throughout the technical challenges and just the figuring it out and developing the chemistry and figuring out great friends like Philip we want to have on and all that stuff. This podcast has been my best crisis diversion, even oh, though man. show about <laughs> the crisis. The process of doing the show has been wonder, a wonderful diversion for me. So I want to thank you for that. So, so I, think, I think that logic is driven by the same annular cycle that feeds the great concavity in the Northeast. Okay. <laughs> no? I, tr- yes. <laughs> Dude, that was an infinite jest reference. Come on. <laughs> you know my memory is for shit, right? <laughs> I learn it more every day. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Joel, man. No, I love your deep pulls, man. It's, it's a great diversion for me, too. And, um, you know, in a, in a time when it can be hard to just be, to, to be yeah. in the now, it's, it's good to have something to work on. So, yeah, you're right. Right on. I just had one last yeah. question for. Um, um, for Andy, because Joel, you're living by yourself at the moment, correct? And Andy has got this uh, unexpected housemate, and I'm just, I'm just curious about how how Dad's doing. Uh, it's not unexpected at all, but we we are a crazy mismatched pair. We'd be great <laughs> as an '80s sitcom. Odd couple, yeah. Um, 
Uh, Dad is doing okay. He had his birthday. He turned 74 on Thursday. The, the party was very nice. Um, and the, the one downside of, of this house that we're staying in is that there's no room that is like an office where I can go to do shit like this without kicking him out of the living room. So he's been graciously sitting in the living room listening to, to TV on his phone and with headphones while we, re- oh, while we record great. this. So please, uh, please say, say, say hi to our listeners, hi. Billy. Hello, listeners. Hope this is very good. <laughs> hi, Bill. There you have it. And is so he already, already, yeah, go ahead. Is he already doing two laps of the, of the park? Uh, unfortunately, I, I had to ditch him. Okay. <laughs> I had to ditch him. It was just too slow. I, but, I, but I have a new strategy, so, and, and, and we'll close on this. So probably about six blocks from where I live is a restaurant called Bure. It's, a, it's associated with the people who launched Boucherie. Yeah. And oh, it's yeah. sort of like an uptown Kashan butcher kind of thing. But what I didn't know is that they have daiquiri machines in there, and they are open at night. So... We, we were out front the other day, and we were sitting and watching people walk by, and they're walking by with these big, like, you know, daiquiris cups. The 32-ounce, like, The 32-ouncers. Yeah. The and we were like, well, where are you coming from? And they're like, oh, Bure. You know, we were just over there. We got the, the – and they're not, like, daiquiri-style daiquiris either. They're, you know, like – Preserved lemon infused mint coriander nice. bourbon thingamahoochee. So uh, I think the new strategy with that is we're going to take him in the evenings for a walk to Bure and walk back with a big frozen cocktail. That'll come in handy as it as it gets hotter. Yeah, yeah you're quiet, right. Quiet, quiet stroll. Yes. That's a good. You know version. what? That's a good way to go out on our sponsor of the week. <laughs> Yeah. Right on, hooray! Hooray! Well, exactly. That's this was fun, y'all. Thanks so much for doing it's it, a, and I love you guys. And you want to take us home, Andrew? Yeah, sure. Thanks a lot, Phil. You know, it's a, we we love rapping with you. I love talking to you. Um, we need to have a one-on-one pretty soon. Um, but thank you for we joining will. us. It's it's always so effortless to converse when when you're on the line. So thanks so much. Yeah, or then one thing before um, before stopping. Uh, sorry to um, to mess up your structure, but no, no. Uh, so I've been I've been on the show quite a few times, and it's always been you know completely you know free form and improvised, and um, and I was always I mean one of the things I liked about the show used to be that I you know you could see that Jeff and Joel never knew. Uh, what they were going to talk about, or had a very loose structure at the very best, and so now I got a proper invite to come on the show at a certain point in time uh, by Andy. And I thought, okay, that's just Andy being organized and being do uh, being able to do stuff and uh, making New Orleans work as is his mission. But then I got another message from Joel saying, "Well, Philip, we could have uh, a little conversation." half an hour before the show and we could go through the topics and just get ourselves a little bit organized and I just thought what the fuck what's happening here Joe what are you doing what is this you're trying to like Trump 
Andrew or being like an organizer? What is this? I'm, tr- I'm trying to meet. I'm trying to meet my uh, my partner halfway. You know, it's two things. One is that, you know, we, we both have more time on our hands than we normally that's would true. without a day job to fill. Yep. But yep. I think the other thing is, you know, that's all this stuff that we would just rap about for five minutes before we sat down around the table at Jeff's place, you know? That's true. Um, and for this, like letting our guests know that they need to wear headphones or it's going to ruin the entire podcast is probably something that's that right. we should get off our chest beforehand. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. the logistics no, no, of making sure that people check in on time and schedules get coordinated and all that stuff. Yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, being, um, maybe I'm being the, the organizer. Maybe I'm being the Yankee as, no, I, as, no, as no, I am. It's, no, it's, it's, no, it's no, a happy odd couple in my no, mind. It's Andy, a happy Andy, I wasn't saying anything about you. I liked uh, – I knew you'd organize it a little <laughs> bit tighter, and I, that was okay. But I, you were just but shocked I, by me reaching but, out. Yeah, but then for Joel, like, to – to piggyback over you and over organize. <laughs> so you're saying that I've broken Joel. Weirdest move. No, no, no. You no, no. down like a man. You have no, you have no idea. I get I get I get texts from Joel probably 21 hours out of the day. I I, I only learned how to use the do not disturb function on my phone because I was getting texts from Joel at five six o'clock in the morning. And I'm, a, I'm, a, me I'm a message bomber. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think Andrew has broken this wild buck. Here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's lovely. So, well, everybody, I mean, from from Holland, stay safe. You know, um, try and enjoy your downtime as good as you can. And um, lo- love from Holland. Thank you. Thanks, Philip. And Hope from to see you guys in the flesh real soon. Real yeah. soon. You better believe it. The minute we can. All right, and, and for uh, for six feet of separation, this is Andrew. And for Joel, stay safe, y'all, and keep your distance. <laughs>